Okay. Hi. So, we're recording. Yay! So, we're back. We're back. For episode three. Welcome back for episode three. We actually made it to episode three. Heck yeah! We're still doing this. <laughs> we're still, still doing this. so much fun. Uh, should we tell them now, or should we wait? Oh. Should we make them wait? Because oh. we've, got, we've got an announcement. You know, I know I'm t- teaser's my middle name, so yeah. I kind of feel like teasing them until the very end. We do have a very special announcement. We do have a, we do have a special announcement. I'm, but, uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, um, we'll leave it for the end. Yep. Um, we did tell one person. One person knows. Um, that is our first donor on Patreon. His name is Jonathan. Thank you, Jonathan. We're not going to give out last names because no. that's bad. Yes. But his name is Jonathan. Yes. Jonathan, if you're listening to this, thank you so much. We never in a million years thought anybody would donate to us <gasps> after only two episodes. We so appreciate it. We really, really, really appreciate it. And it's, you know, that's one conspiracy that, you know, you can't prove wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, and speaking of Patreon, we do have our um, our donation tiers set up finally. We do. Um Jonathan, like we said, he pledged at the $10 a month tier. And what the $10 a month tier will get you is it gets you access to our secret Facebook group. Yes. Which is called The Crypt. The Crypt. So if you are a $10 or higher donor on Patreon, yes. you are one of our Crypt Keepers. Yes. And then you get to have, you know, you get to talk to us directly. Mm-hmm. You can interact with us. You can, you know bounce ideas off of us we may or may not mm-hmm. take them but you guys can talk to us we yeah. can ask us anything yeah it's a it's an ama but it's whenever you feel yeah. like it. it's a place where we can all kind of interact together and you can like directly interact with the hosts exactly. so so yeah it's exciting yeah it's very exciting. exciting so so anything else that's new What's um um I think that's ex- until our other surprise. Yeah, until our but other that, surprise we'll i don't the think end. there's a lot of new stuff going on i don't think so um We've got We're just to, really excited. We are. Um, Tess has had her uh, conspiracy figured out for a while now. I just changed my cryptid. Yes, yes. Like last week. These things happen. <laughs> These things happen. I was going to go with something else, but it was too ghost story and not, not enough like mythical creature sort of thing. So I just kind of changed my mind. But it all works out. Yeah, yeah, of course. So, but at least you found something. You said you had like four pages, right? I have four pages, single spaced, 11 size font. (laughs) I swear it's not going to take long because a lot of it is just like stories. And I'm I'm not going to read stories word for word. It's going to be paraphrased, but you know, but I wanted to get the whole thing on the page so that I can pick and choose my favorite parts of it. Exactly. I've I've got seven pages, but they're all caps because that's what I'm used to writing Mm -hmm. at work at the station. And then I have, uh, um, it's also kind of sort of double spaced Mm -hmm. and size 14 font. (laughs) So, but it's, it's jam packed full of really, really awesome stuff. So let's get to it. So we got a penny for our thoughts. We got a a call, a heads or a tails. Okay. I'll flip it this time. Okay. So. I'll flip so you pick. Okay, I'll pick. Um, okay, I'll say uh, heads. Heads? Heads it is. Ew. Okay, so conspiracies goes okay, first. Okay, all right. So conspiracies first. That's how this works. we got I do a conspiracy. Sammy does a cryptid. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're starting with conspiracies today. So let me start by painting a picture for you. It was on the night of February 24th, 1942, okay. a night when everyone's fears apparently were realized Japan had brought the war to mainland America. Ooh, yeah. The great air raid began at 2.25 a.m. on that clear moonlit night when the U.S. Army announced the approach of hostile aircraft and the city's air raid warning system went into action for the first time in the war. Mm-hmm. In an instant, the night was torn apart by sirens, searchlights swept the sky, Gun crews at Army posts along the coastline began pumping massive artillery into the moonlight. Mm -hmm. Thousands of volunteer air raid wardens tumbled from their beds and grabbed their boots and helmets, those who had helmets, and rushed into the night. Okay. Tens of thousands of citizens, awakened by the screech of sirens and the popping of shells, jumped out of bed and heedless of blackout regulations began snapping on lights. It was pandemonium. Yeah. That was an excerpt of the an original report of the event written by Jack Smith for the Los Angeles Times. Okay. And that's where we start this month's conspiracy theory considered the greatest story ever denied, the Battle of Los Angeles. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, I know. <clears throat> this was really, really fun research. <laughs> and I go, I'm, I've got, oh, 
It's so much fun. Okay, so several movies and documentaries have been made about this event, so I'm going to take a very shallow whack at it. Okay, all right, all right. It started on the evening of February 24th, 1942, when naval intelligence instructed units on the California coast to prepare themselves for a potential Japanese attack. Mm -hmm. Mind you, Pearl Harbor had only happened like 70 days before this, and only a million and a quarter people lived in Los Angeles at the time. Uh, Nearly four million people live there now, so there's kind of, it's still budding... Budding City. It's about the size of, like, Sacramento now. Right, right. Everything stayed pretty calm until about 2.30 in the morning when military radar picked up an enemy waiting about 120 miles off the coast and other smaller but still larger-than-life dome-shaped objects hovering over Santa Monica and Culver City. Within minutes, troops leapt into action, firing a barrage of anti-aircraft and 50-caliber ammunition into the air. Anti-aircraft spotlights were pointed at a massive object hovering over the city as it moved in. And there's actually a famously doctored photograph of this, and I'll post that to the website, too. Oh, my God. So, I mean, it's it's very hard to deny that this thing, that there was something there. And then and we'll get to what the speculation is. Okay. Several people also reported that a Japanese plane was shot down on the streets of Hollywood. I mean, it was total chaos. Okay. Wow. Okay. Coast, a coastal coastal artilleryman named Charles Patrick wrote in a letter that he saw six planes in the night sky with shells bursting all around them. Reports show most thought troops were fighting something in the sky, although no damage appeared to have been inflicted on this strange, strange object before it calmly made its way from the Santa Monica area and disappeared. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that in a moment. The whole battle lasted about an hour, with over 1,400 rounds of anti-aircraft ammunition fired into the sky by the end of the mayhem. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) However, when the sun rose around 7 a.m., there was no evidence of an enemy invasion had ever happened. No bombs were dropped. No planes were shot down. In fact, most of the damage was mostly busted windows, and that came from friendly fire. Hmm. Anti-aircraft shrapnel rained down across the city for quite a while, shattering windows, ripping through buildings. There was even one aircraft dud, like anti-aircraft dud, Mm -hmm. that landed in a Long Beach golf course. (laughs) All in one! (laughs) (laughs) So, while there was no serious injuries from the shootout, it was reported that at least five people had died as a result of heart attacks and Mm -hmm. car accidents that occurred during the extended blackout. Okay. I did read one article on the sci-fi site from a few years ago that claimed three people did die from uh, friendly fire, but that's one of the few instances I've seen of that. Mm-hmm. I've I read a whole bunch of articles from a lot of different sites. So some people say nobody was officially affected by the gunfire, but then recently it's come out that more like three people may have been killed by friendly fire. So, uh, I read, though, that the toll among the air raid wardens was especially high. One guy fell from a wall while trying to look into a lighted apartment and broke his leg. It was a blackout, so that person was not supposed to have that light on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another jumped a three-foot fence to reach a lighted house and sprained his ankle. (laughs) And then another one fell down his own front stairs and broke his arm. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy. Oh, yeah. So despite a few injuries by the end of the night, there was a feeling of triumph overall until the Secretary of the Navy said there had been no air raid and no enemy planes. In fact, the initial cover-up called the massive hovering objects weather balloons. Of course. And just of completely course, embarrassed that's always where we go. Anytime there's some sort of, like, flying, unidentified, uh, unidentified flying object, it's exactly. always a weather balloon. Exactly. They've been, they're still using that excuse. Absolutely. It's and like, it's, it's so, been like... Get more creative, guys. We are. It's like, come up with something new. Exactly. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) So, um, following the attack, there was very little press coverage, and most people were dismissed on the grounds of being a little trigger-happy following what uh, had just happened uh, following Pearl Harbor. Uh, Also, four years before, the original War of the Worlds radio drama had aired for the first time, and Panic was, like, still in the fresh minds Mm -hmm. of, you know, reporters and the authorities at the time. So nobody really wanted a repeat of that either. They weren't really sure what to believe. Um, There was some, in fact, some coverage, including the excerpt I just read from Jack Smith in the LA Times. Accompanying that column was a pair of photos that are now considered iconic. They show a ring of anti-aircraft spotlights pointed up at a large, dark object with a pattern of lights decorating a would-be underbelly. Mm-hmm. And uh, even today, the uh, director of the Fort MacArthur Museum in San Pedro, who's writing a book on the encounter based on research and accounts from those uh, firing the anti-aircraft weapons. I'm going to read that book. Uh, 
he dismissed the uh, alien spacecraft conclusion. In fact, he admits he's widely considered part of the conspiracy. Okay. Yeah. People were furious. Thus, this conspiracy of cover-ups, mysterious aircraft, and possible alien submersibles was born. Because somebody said this thing, like, flew down. Yeah. Oh, I'll get there. Oh, this gets gets deep. Oh, God. um, About as deep as those submersibles go? Oh, even deeper. Oh, we're going to go deeper. We're going to the Bermuda Triangle eventually, but we'll get there exactly. That is the picture. Yes. Oh, my God. I've never seen that picture before. Isn't that that cool? That's nuts and kind of creepy. They say it was doctored uh, a little bit so that you could see some of the things because, you know, you have to doctor the photos to get them into print. Otherwise, the contrast isn't going to make the picture show. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that ring of spotlights pointed up at that object. That is so crazy. It's so weird. I just don't think it's a weather balloon. That there's no way. No way. There's no way. Huh. So, I mentioned earlier that the big dark object uh, hovered over the city for an hour before calmly drifting away from the Santa Monica area and he disappeared. Okay. All right. This event uh, could be re- related to other, even more modern reports of an underwater alien base discovered through Google Maps near Malibu's Point Doom. Is it Duma or Doom? How's it spelled? D U M E. Let's go with Doom. We'll go with Doom. Point Doom. It fits the conspiracy. <laughs> so, a sharp eye on the California coastline spotted a perfectly oval shape on the edge of a cliff face supported by massive pillars, a holy grail for UFO researchers. The plateau structure is about uh, one and a third miles by one and a half wide, basically a whole city block. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 1,400 feet underwater and 6.66 miles from land. Of course. The support pillars are about 2,700 feet wide and 630 feet tall. And this discovery was announced by Jim Church, host of Fade to Black on the Dark Matter radio network in 2014, when a listener named Maxwell contacted him with a Google Earth Earth image showing the odd object. Hmm. Uh, Church then asked graphic designer Dale Romero to capture as many angled images of the anomaly as he could. My graphic designer. <laughs> Sorry, it makes me a little skeptical. <laughs> like, openly. He had some fun with it, I'm yeah, exactly. Sure. A little bit of creative liberty. <laughs> so, one conspiracy commentator suggested that this doesn't even scratch the surface of the alien base mm-hmm. and that there may be tunnels running back into the state of California or possibly the entire United States that connect to other underwater alien bases like the China Lake and naval base in the Mojave Desert or the Naval Undersea Warfare Center in Hawthorne, Nevada. Hmm. So there could be... So like ties to Area 51 sort of thing? Yeah, possibly. Or the Roswell, I mean, you never know how far these things can go. But, um... Yeah, so it just, I mean, it gets even crazier. Okay. So back in August of 2014, it was reported one New York UFO enthusiast, Michael C. Luckman, was trying to organize a UFO Woodstock in Malibu using speakers and lasers to try to communicate with the underwater base. (laughs) So (laughs) we're going to talk a lot about Luckman because he pops up a lot in UFO stories. And it's fun. I'm not even scratching the surface of this whole. Like a blast. I mean, Luckman invited celebrities like Shirley MacLaine, Russell Crowe, William Shatner, Mick Jackson. David Bowie. That's not fair. You know, we had a direct link to the mothership. <laughs> and Yoko Ono. Also not fair. Oh, uh, Yoko Ono. Oh, Yoko. So, but I uh, I may even have to do an, an entire episode on Luckman, though. Okay. I mean, eventually. So, um, <clears throat> I couldn't find whether he was actually successful in organizing such an event. Uh, I think we'd know more about it by now. I think I would have heard about it. Uh, but there is a Woodstock of UFOs that's held at Joshua Tree every year, so there is that. Okay. Uh, so that may, uh, is connected. He, Luckman did, hmm. in fact, write a book called Alien Rock, The Rock and Roll Extraterrestrial Connection. <laughs> that's clearly something I can't wait to read. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to pull up a picture of this a- uh, underwater alien base for you before we move on. Because, I mean, look, that's what it looks like. That's the Google Earth image. I'll also post that this is, to the, the website as well. That is interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I necessarily personally see a base, it's, but, I mean, it looks like it's weird looking. Know. It's weird know. looking. It's a little weird for, you know, nature hates circles, right? Or I mean, hates corners. I can't I remember can't which. Remember. I think they like circles. What Mother I, Nature, no, make up your mind. <laughs> I don't know if it likes circles or not, because it's like, it, it, it definitely doesn't hate corners, because what is it, is bismuth or something like that? Yeah, that that's true. Has, like, all that's the true. angles built into but it? But erosion just rounds everything down. Maybe nature just does what it wants. Yeah. 
Especially in the ocean. There's so much we don't know about the ocean. She just does what she wants. I almost want to do an entire... Just on the Marianas Trench. There oh. will be an episode, I promise. I keep teasing ahead to these episodes. The we'll Marianas get there. The Marianas Trench is so interesting. There's so many... Cons- <laughs> I've read lots of conspiracy theories about oh, that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But the alleged <laughs> underwater base near Malibu has also generated some interest in the Bermuda Triangle and the naval equivalent of Area 51, known as AUTEC, which stands for Atlantic Undersea Test and Evaluation Center. Hmm. During the 40s and 50s, the U.S. Navy's need for a deep water test facility became so apparent that the chief of naval Naval operations established an advisory group to determine the location and specifications for testing underwater vehicles, weapons, and weapon systems. Mm -hmm. So in 1959, creation of the base started and would be in full development by 1964. AUTEC is located at Andros Island, right in the middle of the Bermuda Triangle, on the largest of 700 islands, and while they say there's no UFOs or USOs there, mm. when, since when does the military ever actually come clean about things? As somebody who works for the military, <laughs> I can vouch exactly, for that. Exactly. <laughs> so the facility includes three test ranges, the weapons, acoustics, and forex, or for the uh, militarily elite, or not elite, um, Ill- illiterate? See? Illiterate, like there me. There you go. <laughs> That means the Fleet Operational Readiness Accuracy Check Site for the military. Yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Then uh, uh, um, they're all located on the tongue of the ocean, a deep ocean basin about 100 nautical miles long, 15 nautical miles wide, and in some areas as deep as 16,000 feet. Wow. Wow. For our European listeners, hey. Hey, thanks for listening, too, by the way. um, We don't know metrics, but. We don't. But uh, but really I actually looked it up. That's 190 kilometers long, 28 kilometers wide, and 1,800 meters deep. So we'll cover the conspiracy that is the American Imperial Number System in another episode, <laughs> I promise. As long as you guys keep listening and keep telling your friends about us. Oh, yeah. So hello to France. Yeah. Bonjour. Bonjour. Because <laughs> we have a, quite a few French merci. listeners. Yeah, and merci. Mercy. So, mercy. Oh, don't, don't turn us off for that. <laughs> so, officially, Autic is a laboratory that performs integrated three-dimensional hydrospace and aerospace trajectory measurements covering the entire spectrum, spectrum of undersea simulated warfare. Say that hmm. ten times fast. I can't. But about three years ago, it was widely reported through the Mutual UFO Network that in the 1970s, a sailor with the U.S. Coast Guard floating in the waters near Cuba spotted a UFO off the tail of his Coast Guard cutter. Hmm. This is a snippet of his account. Approximately late 1978, early 1979, myself and another sailor on fantail of a law enforcement Coast Guard cutter witnessed a transparent oval-shaped craft cut across the back of the ship, maybe 100 to 200 yards away. I could clearly see the frame inside the craft and the humanoid pilot as he abruptly turned to look at us. As it glided off to the backside of the ship in the blink of an eye, it vanished. Many, many years later, I found something online that looked exactly like the creature I witnessed. Oh, I just got chills. Oh, right? As soon as he said that it turned to look at him, I was just like, oh, my skin crawled. Okay, I dug and dug to see what it was he was comparing it to, but I couldn't find it. So eventually we'll have to do humanoids. Mm. Because that sounds like a blast. Oh, God, yeah. We could probably combine our efforts on a a whole episode about alien humanoids. So this made me curious. Uh, what's the plan if we ever do make contact with these guys? Like, yeah. I mean, so I kind of Googled it a little bit. I'm sure there's a lot of versions of this, but as I won't go too far into humanoids and alien contact. I mean, most of the plans I know of, like, that you hear about for contact with aliens is basically just us constantly sending them our mixtapes. Exactly. Yes. You know. The, the golden record is just our yeah. mixtape. And I mean, you know, the whole Starman thing. Yes. We kind of sent him out with a mixtape we as did. well. We've sent uh, Stephen Hawking's voice, or we're going to, into yeah. space soon. Just so many mixtapes. We think we think it's fire, but it's yeah. probably not. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but our podcast is, does belong in space. <laughs> Listen to us. Because we're, we're out of this world. <laughs> exactly. I'll but leave. Up. I will leave. Get Bye. out. <laughs> But in, uh, uh, let's see, so in 1950, the U.S. military developed a series of rules for the seven steps to contact, laying out okay. the logical steps we would take after an official encounter with completely foreign creatures on another planet. Right. The steps assume the aliens will be primitive in nature and first recommend observance and data collection before we knock on their door and ask for some sugar. <laughs> uh, and this is contacting if we find them okay. on, right. in their area. Right. 
on their planet. So if we think they look friendly or more specifically less advanced, we'd start like taking plants and animals, some intelligent beings uh, like themselves. So we just kind of basically where we get a lot of our fear of mm. aliens is like ab- we, and abductions is because that's the plan. That's, is if is we were to, to go somewhere them. else, would be to abduct them. Well, you know that's what we're good at. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Especially Americans, that's what we're good at. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then uh, to go back to where we started on this topic, the Battle of mm-hmm. Longe- right, Los right, Angeles. Right, right. I have a friend I mentioned this to who grew up in Southern California who had never heard of this event. So I thought that was interesting, that she didn't know about it. Uh, Not too hard to believe, though, since apparently when word reached him, Roosevelt was seriously irked that a large-scale response resulted from the war jitters. So it got squelched in a lot of areas pretty fast. So this February, the MacArthur Museum held a Great Los Angeles Air Raid of 1942 expanded gala, complete with an exciting recreation of the historic controversy with a night of swing dancing that ended with a spectacular fireworks display. Hmm. Yeah. So there are some people are still celebrating. You know, the only time that I've heard about the Battle of Los Angeles, it was a really bad movie with dragons and stuff in exactly. it. Exactly. So maybe don't that's watch part that of one. maybe that's part of the conspiracy is to cover it up with the dragons. crap movies, and exactly. people just think, oh, it's just you know a crappy Hollywood B movie. Exactly. But apparently, it actually happened, and I would love to know what happened because even today, I cannot find reports because most of the people that would have been around then that are around today were kids at the time or they may not live there uh at the time or they're gone and so i want to track down somebody that lived there and just interview them be like do you remember this and you would think there would be more cameras at the time that would snap you know really good pictures but we weren't on our phones as much as we are now you know we weren't on our phones at all back then so this is like the 50s yeah 40s uh 40s uh 42 yeah so it's like cameras definitely weren't around that often yeah I'm sure so, there's people around that remember it. I'm sure. I just want to but, uh, no, I just, I just want to sit down with them and be like, tell me everything. I feel bad for the guy that got so excited <laughs> he just fell down the stairs and broke his arm. It sounds like something I would do. Oh, man. It That's really, what I thought. It, it, re- really, <laughs> it really is. Sammy through the decades. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh my god, it's happening! <laughs> As I fell down the stairs. That's exactly what would happen. Oh, I hope he was the guy with the helmet, at least. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I never wear helmets. So if this really is me, no, I probably was not wearing a helmet. Probably not. I just got really excited. Oh, man. But uh, so, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I did. That I was super interesting. Really like I said, I hadn't really it. heard of that. I'd heard of the crappy movies, mm-hmm. you know, and obviously I've heard of the World of the Worlds broadcast. I think yeah. everybody's heard of that, which is super which had happened four years before mm-hmm. this. So you wonder if there was a, a little bit of pandemonium that was connected together with the uh, with you know, War of the Worlds and Japan happening, or, or uh, Pearl Harbor happening. Right. And, like and all of a sudden, it kind of brought back memories of mm-hmm. that, like flashbacks to that. And everybody was like, maybe it's really happening this mm-hmm. time. I meant to check to see <clears> if there <throat> were any uh, alien movies that came out around the same time. I'm sure there, there probably were. Although, at the time when this first happened, the, uh, UFOs were not mentioned. It was just considered a water a water balloon. A weather balloon. <laughs> just a giant, giant water, water balloon. Oh <laughs> but yeah, the whole weather balloon thing still just rubs me the wrong way. It's like yeah. I need to stop using that. Be more creative government. Do we really use weather balloons anymore? Is that really still a thing? I mean to send GoPros into space. I guess. Yeah. Or launch, you know, small Pixar men over waterfalls <laughs> with tiny Boy Scouts. <laughs> I suppose, I suppose. <laughs> All right, so yeah, that's what I've got about the the Battle of Los Angeles. So I, shall we take a break and when we come back? I love it. Yes, let's take we'll a quick break. Over? Yeah. All right. And we're back. Yeah, hi. So, once again, this would be the place where, or that would have been the place where, you know, our fun little ads go. Yes, where we give people our love for giving us love. Yeah, maybe someday. You know, maybe someday. Maybe someday. Maybe our dreams are dreams. <laughs> so, we flipped a coin. I went first. Now it's your turn. It's my turn. So, this cryptid, like I said, I was super, super excited to mm-hmm. talk about this one. So, I guess I will start trying to, like, paint a picture first. So, walking alone at night. Creepy enough as it is. Oh, yeah. Seeing other people walking around 
already creepy, but what makes it creepier than just like a person walking around? Mm, children. Children. Children late at children. night. Children. Walking around. Mm-hmm. Now, what happens if you come near that child or children and you are filled with this sudden sense of impending dread? Oy. And, I, you know, I've felt the dread without the children before, mm, so, hoy, that's, yeah. add that to it. This sudden, like, animalistic sense of, like, impending doom, mm-hmm. and then you notice that their eyes are all black. That's right, I am talking about black-eyed children. Yes! <laughs> yes! So. Oh, this is so cool! Oh, this is so cool! Oh, yeah, freak me out! Please freak me out! <laughs> This one is a lot creepier than, like, the man-eating trees or anything Mm -hmm. like that. Because that one was just weird. This one is genuinely creepy because there are so many reported sightings. And I just pulled a couple of my favorites. So Um, exciting. Some places list the earliest known sightings of black-eyed children back in the 50s. But most places attribute it to, like, 1996 as the first, like, place where it was recorded online. Fairly recent. Okay. So, um, but the first story that I've got is from back in 1950. Um, there was a six year boy, 16 year old boy named Harold from Virginia. Um, he was walking home and he saw this boy leaned up against a fence. Um, I don't, it didn't say the time of day. I don't remember, but like black eyed children usually come out like evening or night, but sometimes they're out in the daylight. So this could really be any time. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, Harold said hello to the boy that was leaning against the fence, and he got no response. So he turns to walk away, and the the boy leaning against the fence goes, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. No. No. And that's when Harold noticed that his eyes were completely black. No. No. Not just, like, the pupil was super dilated. The entire eye, the sclera and everything, nope. was completely black. Nope. <clears throat> just nope the heck out of there. Nope. Nope. Run, Harold. Harold, he- <laughs> Harry, my boy. Harry. Get the heck out of there. Get out of it's there. It's not your home anymore. Sell it. Burn it down. <laughs> so, so he immediately was filled with that sense of dread and was trying, he, he was just knew that he needed to run away. And as if the boy read his mind, he says... Now, don't you run away from me. You're going to walk me up to your house. Run, Harold. Harry. Well, Harry, Harry finally did run out of there. He Good. booked it, and he went and told his parents. And surprisingly enough, his parents actually believed him. Mm. So his father went out with a shotgun and went looking for what he, or he went looking for what he said was the devil. Whoa. Um, and afterwards, his mother took Harold to a priest to have him blessed to see if there was any way to, like, keep these things from finding him Whoa. again. So that is the earliest known sighting or story about black-eyed children. But the first one that really gained popularity because it was the dawn of the Internet was in 1996. Um, this was accounted, or this this was recorded and documented by a man named Brian Bethel from Abilene, Texas. And my parents will actually get a kick out of that because oh. they lived in Abilene, Texas. They oh. went to, like, a college there. Hi, <clears throat> mom. Hi. Hi mom. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> between 9.30 and 10 p.m., Brian was sitting in his car. He was writing out a check to his Internet service provider. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he was going to drop it, like, in their mail slot, you know, to be paid the next day, basically. Wow. And like I said, uh-huh. dawn of the Internet. Uh-huh. So. Um, you know, and checks were still a thing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> My dad insists that checks are still a thing, and I keep trying to tell him that really they're not. I would smack you with my checkbook, but it's under a whole bunch of things that'll make a whole bunch of noise. <laughs> Your dad's right. <laughs> Sorry, Sammy's mom. <laughs> but um, so anyway, he's, he's sitting in the car, he's writing out his check, and all of a sudden there's a knock on the car window, and there's two boys standing outside the car, about 9 and 12 years old. Um... He described them as one of the boys was somewhat suave, olive-skinned, with curly-haired uh, young man. Mm-hmm. And the other was a red-headed, pale-skinned, freckled young man. Those gingers. Yes, those, those soulless <laughs> gingers. <clears throat> um, and both of them were wearing hoodies. Um, the older of the two boys told Brian that they had come to see the premiere of the Mortal Kombat movie. Mm. Um, but they had left their money at home. Uh-huh. So they needed Brian to give them a ride to their mom's house to get their money and then back. Um, and, you know, they, they 
they were saying that, you know, it was just be quick. It's, you know, just take us home and back. Um, Brian hasn't noticed their eyes yet, but he, he once again has that overwhelming sense of dread and fear and just feels really unnerved. And he, he's having a hard time like breaking contact with them. Like he, he can't look away. You know, like I said, the boys were trying to like assuage his fears and they were like, you know, it won't take long. We're just two little kids. We don't have a gun or anything. Oh no, (laughs) they don't need one. Um, as Brian started to reach for the door handle of the car he broke eye contact with them for long enough that he was able to look at them and notice their black eyes. Um, Run, Brian! So he immediately noticed the black eyes. He said that they were the sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night television. <laughs> Soulless orbs like two great swatches of starless night. So he was a little sassy. Oh my God. He's like, these look like <laughs> B-movie monsters. He's like, you know, they were scary, <clears throat> but, you know. Yeah. Um, so he made, he, he did his best to stay calm. Um, he made some generic excuses. He looked at the boys and go, goes generic excuse and drove <laughs> off. He went to look in his rear view mirror to catch an, one last glimpse of the boys and they had vanished without a trace. Oof. Oh my gosh. It sounds like <clears throat> each time they just need about three fifty. <laughs> That's the Loch Ness monster. Different cryptid. She evolved. Maybe. I'm sure we'll um, get to that. But yeah, so that's the that's the first like real account that's recorded. Weird. And it was only in the 90s. Yep. So this is relatively Weird. recent. Um, so descriptions mm-hmm. of the black-eyed children. Uh, they vary in age from about 6 to 16 years old. Okay. Um, they can be male or female in appearance. Uh, they typically are pale with light-colored hair, but uh, as Brian described, one of them was sort of olive skin. So it, it usually they're pale with light hair. Um, normally they wear modern clothes, but occasionally they're seen in Amish or Mennonite-style clothing. Interesting. <clears throat> um, they might use things to cover their eyes, sunglasses, um, hoodies, bangs, because they don't want your attention drawn to their eyes. <laughs> Um, they have entirely black eyes, like I've mentioned. Sometimes they're described as, like, these shiny, you know, like, just shiny, glossy black eyes. Sometimes they are ragged holes. So sometimes they're, you know, sometimes they're just an eye. Sometimes there's a lack of eyes. Ugh. Ooh. Ooh, that's freaky. Oh, I can't imagine running into one of these things. Yeah, it's terrifying. Um, there's been, they have... Some sort of supernatural powers, um, including telepathy, mm-hmm. mind control, um, the abilities to create fear and dread in their victims and targets. Mm. Um, there have been some cases where they've been able to track their targets over long distances, um, being able to track their targets even if they've moved or changed their name. They can still like track them down and find them. Mm. And they sometimes seem to... Um, like put off like a, a an electric or electromagnetic force because lights will flicker around them kind of the same way it does for like ghosts and stuff like that. Um, and you know, some, some of them even seem to like um, exude like radioactive sort of fields because some people have come down with like skin cancer and other sort of cancers after their interactions with these children. And they also seem to have a limited speaking ability. Oh. A lot of times like they can talk, but they can only say like certain phrases or they'll talk very old fashioned. You know, they just, they don't seem to speak fluently. They've just wow. kind of been, it seems like they've been programmed with here's some phrases to say and that's it. This is what we programmed you to say yeah. during the seance. Now go say it to said target. <laughs> I see. I basically. See. Basically. Ooh. So now we're going to get into some sightings. I'm so excited. Um, I've got, let's see, one, two, three, three sightings. Okay. Um, this one was interesting. This one was a airman at a, like a special forces airman. So like, you know, military police sort of thing, um, at a military base. He was in the dorms on his military compound. Uh, he was described as a six foot seven, 260 pound adult male. So not, not a small person, very, you know, intimidating person. Um, he was stationed at a base in Texas. Uh, they didn't disclose it. So it's like, once again, Texas. 
Um, he was drinking a beer and he heard a knock at his door. He got out of bed thinking it was like um, the person who shared the bathroom because a lot of the dorms in the military, they'll have like their own sleeping quarters and then they'll have a joint bathroom. Okay. Um, so he thought it was like maybe the like his bathroom mate. So he opened the bathroom door mm-hmm. thinking maybe the knock came from there. There was nobody there. Um, so he was confused, but then he heard the knock coming from the front door of his dorm room. <sighs> so he, he went to the people and looked through it and saw what looked like a boy of 17 or 18 years old. So relatively young, but not necessarily too young for the military. Yeah. Um, he opened the door and said, what's up? Uh, and the boy looked up with a smile that he only could describe as partially cruel and hungry looking. Um, he had a gaunt face and the boy asked if he could use the phone. So um, this gentleman said, Sorry, bud, I'm about to go to sleep, so try the SP, the special police building across the parking lot. He closed the door, thinking nothing of it. Well, the boy knocks again. He walks, so um, this gentleman, this airman, walks over to the window trying to intimidate the boy with his large stature, six foot seven, 260 pounds. Um, he pulled the blinds to look at him, and the, the boy outside looked straight at him. And he was probably only like 5'9", 140 pounds, you know, mm-hmm. so short or a little yeah. taller than me, but about my build. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this airman felt really uneasy, uneasy, nervous, terrified of somebody who's, you know, he's got almost a foot on him Ooh. and, you know, probably like 100 pounds. The boy looked up again and asked if he could use the phone. Mm-hmm. And that's when the airman saw his all black eyes. He said they were empty looking coals and he had... Like, as soon as, like, they made eye contact, a really creepy smile creeped across his face. Um, He said it was kind of like a hungry predator. Oh, so creepy! The airman said, I'm going to tell you one more time before I kick your butt to get lost. And he turned around to grab his phone, and the boy vanished. (gasps) Poof. Just gone. Just gone. Oh, my gosh. You know, that reminds me. I saw on uh, um, Facebook, it's a fad right now, people playing the game where they, like, lift a sheet in front of their dog, and then they, like, drop the sheet and try to, like, beat it right, before right, the... Right. And then like, the dogs get all confused. Yeah. It kind of reminds me. Kind of. <laughs> the guy turns around to get his phone, and the kid's, and the kid's gone. gone. It's gone. Yeah. Oh, I do the same thing like the dog. Where the heck? Oh, my Where did you go? Where did you go? <clears throat> oh, my gosh. And then they, but, and they never found him. Nope. Never found him. No trace. Just gone. No reason. No, or just no reason. And this was on a military base too. I mean, everybody knows who's in and out of that military base. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's like, you can't just get onto a military base. So it's like, where'd he come from? But did, was there like, did they say anything about a reason, like a target that he would like? No. Weird. You just wanted just to use the phone. Up. You just needed to use a phone. You wanted to come in and use the phone. That's the, that's another thing you'll notice is they they're constantly asking permission to be let in, mm-hmm. and that's that's one of the theories coming oh, up with this. So oh, oh, keep oh. that in mind because that will come into play later. I, I smell what you're <clears> stepping <throat> in. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, next story is it follow the follows this um, this woman named Karis Holdsworth who was 18. Um, she was living. Or she was heading home to her apartment from a friend's house in Lisbon in Northern Ireland near Belfast. Okay. Um, her apartment was in a bad section of town. And as she got close to her apartment, she noticed two teenagers in hoodies and jeans um, just standing in her yard. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was immediately unnerved, as you should be. A woman mm-hmm. walking alone at night, you see two young men. That's not necessarily... That's something to get nervous about, obviously. Yeah. So she was nervous, so she um, she reached into her purse to grab her, her mace, her pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Um, she was sneaking around the corner, and all of a sudden the two boys turned to face her, and that creeped her out. Mm-hmm. Um, she said she felt raw fear when she saw their faces. Oh. But she had her pepper spray, and she was alert, and she knew how to defend herself, so she wasn't, like, super terrified yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but the boys didn't approach her. Um, but they did seem able to read her mind because they said, there's no need for that. We just want to borrow your phone, miss. So no. they, it's like they knew she had her hand on her pepper spray. No! <laughs> um, she said they looked just like normal boys until she saw their eyes. She said they were pitch black, no traces of white or pupil at all. Ooh. And she felt she was in terrible danger. Oh, that just... It gives me such a weird feeling. Yeah, just, just thinking about it gives yeah. me such a weird feeling. Like like I said, it's it's nerve-wracking enough to be walking home alone at night and see two people standing in your yard, but then to find out that 
they're even creepier than you yeah. thought. And then on top of that, they're making you feel. Of, the, of course, you wouldn't necessarily know that, that it's coming from them. From but them, yeah, but you just feel like something's wrong. Ooh, yeah. I felt that like walking Java at night. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. And you just, I just feel like I need to cut my. And that's my walk another short. thing is like animals are afraid of them too. It's not mm-hmm. like you know your animal's going to come out and protect you. Your animals, they, like any other sightings that have happened with an animal present, mm-hmm. the animals are just as terrified as you are, and they're like trying to get away. Ooh. So, Ooh, oh, yeah, Java would peace out. She's a little chicken. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so she ran for the door, fumbling with her keys, um, but the boys chased after her, and one of them said, you know, they were continuing to ask her if they could use her phone. Um, one of them said, please, miss, my mother won't be happy if she doesn't know where we are. Um, very old-fashioned. Yeah, very old-fashioned. My old mom's going to be pissed, man. Yep. Is more rel- more modern, but my mother will be upset. My mother will doesn't. be upset. Oh. Um, she said that she wanted to obey them at first, and she was like, well, they are just young boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but their eyes obviously put her off, and she said she knew that she just had to get away from them, and she knew that if she obeyed them, she was going to regret it. Mm-hmm. Um, she made it inside her apartment and locked the door, um, but as she was about to sit down and kind of, like, compose herself, there was a knock at the door. She ignored it, but it, they kept knocking, and she started feeling even more and more terrified. Mm-hmm. Um, she peeped through the peephole, and the boys were staring at her through the peephole. No! No! They were staring no! at her through oh, the no! peephole. Worst nightmare! <clears throat> Worst nightmare! Get at it! Nope! Yep. Don't open the door! And they said, just let us in to use the phone. We won't hurt you. We have no weapons to hurt you with. No! That you can see! Yep. No! So she opens the door. And orders them to leave and then locked everything up and called one of her friends. When her friend finally showed up, the boys took off running, um, but not before the friend also felt that overwhelming sense of dread. Oh, my God. I got to go to bed in like a half hour. (laughs) (laughs) You're giving me nightmares. (laughs) So Kara said that she always checks through the people before she goes to sleep now. She said she doesn't know exactly what those boys were, but she does know they meant her harm and they weren't human in any way. Oh, oh yeah. that's so weird. Yeah. That's so, oh, this is weird. It's creepy. I love it. It's, oh. <laughs> okay, so last story I have is okay. from July 31st, 2010 in Ohio. Um, there was a data center, en- and this is my favorite. I saved it for last for a reason. Okay, data center. There was a data center engineer in Ohio. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was kind of like a 24-hour manned place, but he was the only one manning it at night. It was around 5 a.m. Um, he was outside having a smoke break, and he saw, like, two boys across the street headed his way. Um, he Felt nervous about the situation. Once again, you know, you're alone at night. Anybody approaching you, you kind of get a little wary of it. And that's normal. Um, so he he finished up his smoke and went inside. Ten minutes later, the intercom buzzes. And he could see the boys on, like, the, the monitors, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like the security cam monitors. And they were staring directly into the cameras. Almost as if they could see him through no, the cameras. No, mm-hmm. weird children. I know, weird children. Oh my god, so get he, out of there. Yep. So he asked through the intercom what they wanted, but they didn't speak. They just kind of motioned for him to come outside. Oh. Well, obviously he was not interested in that nope. nonsense. Nope, not interested in your Girl Scout cookies. I'm nope. not interested in anything you're selling. Nope. So he told them over the intercom, "Get lost." Yeah, you can not keep interested. your Samoas. Yep. Boys. Nope, not interested. Mm -mm. He watched them for 10 minutes, but they didn't move. So he decided to go to the front door to, like, yell at them and tell them to leave in person. Before he even opened the door, he noticed, though, that their eyes were all black in the monitors. He thought maybe it was just a trick of the cameras. So he decided right then and there that he would call the police if things escalated. But... As he thought that, one of the boys spoke through the camera and said, that will not be necessary, sir. We simply need to use your phone. Can you let us in? No. No. Again with the phone. You know what's interesting? (laughs) I'm noticing a pattern of Mm -hmm. all these people never let the kids in. We never hear about the people who see them who let the kids in. There's some, like, creepy pastas about people letting them in, but those aren't reputable. Yeah, Yeah. Like, I mean... There were some stories on, like, no sleep and stuff, but the thing about no sleep is, is it's like, 
most of those stories are just fiction, yeah. but you're supposed to take them for face value. So it's like, I didn't grab any of those. These were yeah. all stories that I found of like, that weren't from like yeah. Reddit. Smart so, um, but that's interesting. I mean, yeah, still going to make the, <clears throat> I'm sure there are people that have let them in, but I just, Probably. I couldn't find anything I about it. I wonder how they survived because that is well, crazy. Well, like I said, some of them that let people in, they came down with like skin cancer. That's and true. Stuff like that. uh, yeah, the that's radiation. True. Um, so the man pulled out his cell phone and threatened to call the cops. Um, he closed the front door and went back to watch the boys on the monitor. Um, they positioned themselves themselves in two separate cameras mm. um, and were both staring directly into their specific cameras. So he called the cops. But as soon as he dialed the, the phone number for 911, the boys positioned themselves right in the camera's blind spots and he couldn't see them anymore. And by the time the cops got there at 6 a.m., they were gone without a trace. No footprints, no evidence they've ever been there. No! Oh, that's so creepy. Like, just the fact that they were looking at him through the camera, and they could tell he was calling the cops. Yeah. And and they're not even in the same room. They can just communicate. They're outside. He's in, like, a surveillance room. Weird. Yeah. Okay, tell me what it is. Okay. What are these things? So there's some theories about what they are. There's actually quite a few theories. Um, and they, they're kind of like all over the supernatural board. Um, some people believe they're ghosts. Um, they're, they're, they're ghosts of children who died from, died from unnatural causes or from like a violent murder or something like that. Um, in fact, one of the places that has had the most... Um, like sightings of the black eyed children is a place called Canuck Chase in England. Um, and it was the site of the monster of Canuck Chase, who was a serial killer who preyed on children in the 1960s. Oh. So there are a lot of black eyed children seen in this area, and some people think that they're the ghosts of the children that oh. were preyed upon. Um, I wonder what they need to use your phone for. <sighs> maybe they have unfinished Ooh, business. Maybe. Um, Another thing that revolves around Canuck Chase, England, is the theory that these are possessions. Mm-hmm. Um, because that is, Canuck Chase, England, is also a hot spot for the occult. And, oh. and practicing black magic and demon summoning. Um, that would explain the very limited vocabulary they've yeah. been told by the occult to do a certain thing. They only need or the just vocabulary possessed. for yeah. that. Um, so, so some people Ooh. think that these children's could be manifestations of the demons mm. or the possessed bodies of some like human sacrifices. But that's once again, Canuck Chase England. So maybe, maybe we'll go there someday. Huh, yeah. but hopefully not. Oh, oh I gotta, <laughs> um, another theory is that they turn the GoPro off. Yep. Another theory is that they're vampires due to their black eyes, their hypnotic powers, and the fact that they have to be asked or that they, they have to be invited in. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of vampire mythology and, and yeah. lore says that they have to be invited into any place before they can enter. That's what I so, thought of. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a very common theory that they're vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, some people think they're fairies because in Irish folklore, um, a lot of fairies had all black eyes. That was a very common appearance among fairies. Um, they were also known to take the forms of human and, and especially children. In fact, um, the the folklore about changelings was, oh. you know, fairies that took the place of humans. Um, and, you know, they always would have trouble speaking as well. So fairies is one thing. Um, aliens is another popular theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, especially like all the descriptions of like the gray aliens, how they had the big black eyes and things like that. So they just can't fit yeah. in their <clears throat> tiny human yeah. eyeballs. Ooh. So you know, like they've got the big black eyes. They've got like the pale or olive skin tones. Um, that would also make sense Ooh. with the radiation sickness because a lot of people who come in contact with the aliens also have what's known as moonborn syndrome, mm. which is a sort of radiation poisoning that a lot of alien witnesses come down with. So some people think they're aliens. Some people also think that they are alien-human hybrids, and this is my favorite theory. Um, So this is basically the theory that the aliens have started breeding humans as like an assimilation sort of experiment to kind of like blend in with society and either take over or learn more about us. I've read that, yeah. Um, And there, like a lot of the theories state that this might be the result of the abductions and the probings, you know, like the impregnating women through probing and stuff like that, um, is to create these Mm. alien human hybrids. Um, and 
In fact, a couple of alien abductees have said that they, while they were aboard these spacecrafts, they they saw black-eyed children in like test tubes and and giant tubes and stuff like that. And one abductee in specific named Karen Morgan claims that the aliens described them as the children of the future. Oh, weird. Yeah. So she said that she saw them in like a test tube and they pointed them out and they were like, these are the children of the future. Oh, So like I said, that's my favorite theory because it mixes in conspiracy theories as well. it does. It does. um, I like that. But yeah, so those are the ever terrifying black eyed children children. that you see all Ah. over the place now. Now I, part of me kind of wants to run into one just so I can experience it and like slam my do- slam the door in his face. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, stay away. Well, child. And they do. Oh they do gosh. sort of have the mind control. Like a lot of these people have said that they they felt like they wanted to obey, but like their animal instincts kicked in and were like, no, 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 get away. Oh man, that's such a weird so, feeling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So it's super terrifying. And like I said, they're really popular online. You know, obviously, I couldn't find any real pictures. There were a lot of photoshopped pictures yeah. of creepy kids and they just gave them black eyes, you know, but, um, but yeah, so those are black eyed kids or I black like eyed it. children. I like it. It's a good or topic. B-E-Ks as they're B-E-Ks. sometimes known. I see. Oh my I, gosh. I love them. So yeah, I was super excited to talk That's about That's very them. cool. I, I'm good topic. Good, mm. good pick. Good pick. So. Very, very entertaining. Wow. Oh, I hope I don't run into them because sometimes <laughs> I do like to walk Java at night sometimes mm. and you know, they're I remember one night in particular we were out there and I, I didn't see anybody, but I had that overwhelming feeling like I was being watched. Yeah. And I was like, I need to cut this short and go home. Yeah. It's just, nope, not having this. Who knows? Maybe there's a BEK following Maybe, you around. and I just didn't see him. Let Ooh, me use your phone, no, miss. No, no, uh, no. My mother will be so worried for me. No. <laughs> and now, you know what? You're going to have to, like, record my, uh, um, my, like, voicemail or something. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, Miss. Excuse me. <laughs> oh. oh, how weird. Okay. Well, should we announce our our yeah. fun little announcement? Okay. So, well, first of all, thank you guys for yes. listening to this thank and for listening so to us. Um, and due to the overwhelming response that we've gotten from you guys, the so amount of downloads we've gotten, oh. the the love that you guys have poured out to us. Thank you. Um, We've decided that instead of doing one episode a month, we are officially moving it up to two episodes a month. So every 1st and the 15th, we will have a new episode of Conspiracies and Cryptids for you guys to listen to. Yay! Double the trouble! So, you know, we we talk things over and we move stuff around in our Mm -hmm. schedules and we were like, it's... We can do this. We can. We totally can. And... It's it's so much fun and it's <clears throat> positive and we love sharing it with you guys. We love being international and national and that you guys are interested and entertained. We love hearing from you yeah. and we love your input and uh, you know don't stop you know questioning things. Yeah, because the truth is out there. The truth is out there. Maybe that should be our like outro phrase. <gasps> the truth is out. The there. truth is out there. So, right. uh, yeah, that's great. Well, thank you guys again for listening. Thanks and for we will us. we will see you again on the 15th. On the 15th. Yay. See you guys then. <laughs> Bye. Bye. If you'd like to learn more about us or read our deeper blog posts about our topics, head over to our website, conspiraciesencryptids.com. There you can find links to all our social media and all your favorite podcatchers. If you like what you hear, leave us some love in the reviews on iTunes. The more you like us, the longer we can keep doing this. And if you're really vibing off this little shindig and you're feeling generous, check out our Patreon. We have all kinds of fun goodies and extras for our devoted conspirators. Also, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more updates. And don't Don't forget, forget, Big Brother is watching. watching.